from Alaska, Grim After Dark, starring John and Danny. I'm, we're so close to me today. That's okay. Um, guys, as much as uh, chat you're saying you felt like it's a bit intentional and how this is just a gag, it is, obviously, 100%. Um, and Evan Valdijk uh, sums it up perfectly. What better way to kick off Frontline Gaming's uh, affiliated network of amazing competitive content than with Grim After Dark, uh, which is a terrible way to do it. Because of some things that have happened over this past week while we were off, uh, today's entire show, after this little bit, has been written um, by ChatGP, uh, which is an AI algorithm uh, for figuring out chat. So all of the questions and everything I'm saying to, to Val and Danny are going to be entirely generated by a computer. Uh, that way I don't get into trouble and I can truly enjoy the new year. So, welcome to Grim After Dark where we bring you the latest unreal news and the unqualified analysis from the grim darkness of the far future where there is only war. I'm your host, the one and only, insert your host's name or pseudonym, and I'll be guiding you through the tumultuous events of the 41st millennium and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned veteran of the tabletop or a newbie to the hobby, we've got something for everyone from the absurd to the absurdly absurd, and we'll explore the rich lore and diverse factions of the Warhammer 40,000 universe with a healthy dose of humor, and irreverence. So grab your dice, assemble your miniatures, and get ready for some epic battles and hilarious hijinks. It's time to get Warhammered, uh, which is a way better intro than we've done before. Slide one. Attention all, attention all war gamers. Um, are you tired of struggling to find a reliable TSA-approved case to bring you to your miniatures and gaming supplies on the go? Look no further, because Frontline Gaming has you covered with their brand new TSA Carry-On approved Wargaming case. This sturdy, high quality case is designed specifically for the needs of Wargamers with plenty of room to store your miniatures, rulebooks, dice, and more. Plus, it's Carry-On approved by the TSA, so you can take it with you on all your gaming travels without any hassle. Don't miss out on this convenient and essential piece of Wargaming equipment. Order your TSA Carry-On approved Wargaming case from Frontline Gaming today and upgrade your gaming experience. Pretty, pretty good. I like that one there. Joining me on the show is my good friend and fellow Warhammer fanatic, Danny, insert Danny's last name or pseudonym. Danny brings a wealth of knowledge and experience to the table, having played and painted countless armies over the years. He's also a master strategist, always coming up with creative and unexpected tactics on the battlefield. But don't let his formidable skills deceive you. Danny's also a huge goofball, and we have a blast poking fun at the ridiculousness of the hobby and the universe we love. So let's give a warm welcome to Danny, everyone. Hi, I'm your lovable goofball, Danny. Thanks. You know, John, this is probably the most. This is this is the most advanced uh, Grim After Dark ever ever made. Um, we're using cutting edge technology um, to bring you guys an, a user experience that cannot be matched uh, and does not breach NDA. Um, joining us on so. the show is, oh, seems like GW got to him. Uh, joining us on the show is our resident comedy genius and all-around Warhammer enthusiast, Val Heffelfinger. Val is a true jack-of-all-trades, having dabbled in almost every aspect of the hobby, from painting and converting models to writing and running campaigns. But it's Val's quick wit... <laughs> 
an ability to turn even the most mundane subjects into hilarious segments that truly sets him apart. Whether he's making fun of over-the-top names and descriptions of the various units and characters, or poking fun at the ridiculous plot lines and scenarios we come up with, Val always keeps us laughing and on our toes. So let's give a big round of applause for Val Heffelfinger, everyone. God, what a load of crap. <laughs> hey, um, okay. Uh, Christian, if you guys are just joining in, uh, this show was written by a chatbot, uh, for my part anyway, and I'm very excited to kind of get it going. So, our first topic for today is insert topic. This is something that's been on our minds for a while, and we're really excited to discuss it with all of you. Whether you're an expert on the subject or just curious to learn more, we hope you'll join us as we explore insert topic from all angles and offer our unique perspectives. So without further ado, let's get started on our first topic of insert topic, slide two. So Danny, what is this? Well, uh, John, this is a, it appears to be a tweet um, that, uh, wow, what even was that? Did that talk about psychic damage? <laughs> Uh, yeah, no? yeah. So it says most online communities there is a specific bit of lore that once you learn, you are officially in too deep, and you can no longer reverse mm. the massive psychic damage you've uh, inflicted on yourself. And this course sure. of uh, like online content is knowing about what. So so what would that be in Warhammer where you if you know that you're you're in too deep. Oh yeah, probably. Uh, I'm going to take you back to Warhammer Fantasy here, uh, as we like to do <laughs> on this show. If you know about Warhammer <laughs> Fantasy, you're in too deep. No, no, no. I mean, they yeah, call that, that is fan true. service. That's true. Yeah, that. Well, yeah, well, the some lip fan service here. Um, <laughs> if you know about the original pygmy army in Warhammer Ooh. Fantasy, uh, you Ooh. know too much, and you're done. That's it. Also, you have a very bad English accent. Um, yeah, it was like, uh, <laughs> no, that what? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Check yeah. it out, man. No, we're not going any further. <laughs> Quick, <laughs> I was just going to talk about how, like, you know, at some point you probably buy an airbrush. I think that was mm. probably bad enough, but, like, the pygmy cut is even deeper. Also, if we want to go fantasy, just what Nagash originally looked like, I mean, that's a pretty <laughs> awful thing. Yeah. Yeah. That was You'll never good. look that at Ronald good. McDonald the same. Or Jafar like, from Aladdin. Oh. Or insane clown posse. <laughs> True. <laughs> the gash Oop. fueled by Fago. Um, <laughs> That's a magic how do you fueled by Fago for sure. Yeah. <laughs> how do you think this type of lore helps to define and differentiate a community or fandom? Oh well, this is simple, John. Um, this hey, these kinds of lore uh, really. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, all questions tonight, by the way, generated by chatbots, so they're going to be insightful and hard, and yeah. not softballs. Yeah. Well, this isn't this isn't this isn't hard at all, John. This question is a softball, I think. Um, this really uh, allows us to gatekeep even harder than we already are, True. Um, and uh, discriminate against those who don't or haven't read uh, stupid background fluff from thirty years ago. It's fair. That's fair. Val, well, do you think it's possible to be a fan or member of a community without fully embracing or understanding all the lore and inside jokes? Certainly not in this I mean, show. I mean, I have uh, I've been on podcasts for probably five years now, 
not getting any inside jokes or understanding the context. So I think 100% you can. I'm living mm -hmm. proof. Mm -hmm. Also, I would I would say that uh, the lack of softball questions, um, I guess we can tell the chat, we're no longer sponsored by Manscaped. Um, hence, no more softballs on this on this podcast. Yeah, that's why so my patience is getting so long. Wait, if we weren't sponsored, then our balls wouldn't be soft because it would be like the clammy ballness, right? Not like the soft oh. hairs. So oh, if we okay. were sponsored, there would be softballs. If we weren't sponsored, they'd be shorn balls. Oh, well, hmm. at a certain point, John, know. there's so much uh, accumulation of uh mm. debris and detritus uh that uh you end up with uh what i like to call eel balls oh. i don't know yeah. I, I, I don't know what know. kind of i don't know what kind of alaskan zero humidity dry balls you guys have <laughs> but a, sh a shorn ball sack i i equate with, with soft so you know you know each each their own or speed again we want to thank you for uh, we want to thank you for tuning into Frontline Gaming's first podcast of the year. Um, yes, Merry Christmas! Merry <laughs> Christmas! Happy New Year! Oh, um, Danny, how do you think this type of lore evolves and changes over time within a community or phantom? Oh, great question! Um, you know, as, you know what happens is over time, people appear to really glom on and take things that were not meant to be taken maybe so seriously even more seriously and kind of really dig down and dig in uh standing ready uh standing by to uh <laughs> to uh exclude all others <laughs> amazing oh quality uh Evan coming in, he's no longer just shit-talking us, he's shit-talking the hobby, as he does best. Um, he's that other than the Demon Culaba, uh, the Gene Stealer sex scene in the Inquisition War books is also another mark of being too deep in. I didn't know that was a thing. Now I have to go read Inquisition War, so thanks, Evan. Don't do it. Um, is it? Please. Please, John. <laughs> not begging you, man. I'm going to ask Chapa what it thinks of Inquisition War. Uh, while I'm doing that, Guys, our second topic for today is Azrael. This is something that's been on our minds for a while, and I'm really excited to discuss it with all of you. Slide three. Slide three. Slide three. Yeah, another Hell character yeah. ruined. F the police. <laughs> uh, <laughs> guys, what are the main differences between the old Azrael model and the new one? I don't know about like 20 years of games workshop sculpting experience more than that. Like almost 30. <laughs> I don't get this take. I, like, it's the same guy. It's yeah. The same well, guy. Bigger. He's bigger. I, but it's, I think it's, it's the same guy. It's the I same pose that I bought a model 25 years ago for $10. <laughs> And now I have to buy him again for more dollars, uh, making my dollar per year spend on Asriel far too large. Um, you know, I mean, the, the, the real key here, John, is that they've made his yeah. bolter functional. Um, oh. I don't want to take that away. 
because it was not before. It was a uh, very, very strange weapon. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you know, the bolter is probably actually the same size. So at least, you know, made it a little easier for him to handle it. That's good. I like the Watcher in the Dark guy. It's Watcher in the Dark, right? The, the yes. dude in the, the little imp yeah. in the costume. Yeah, yeah, he's. Yes. Uh, I I love how he's just sort of peeking out from behind the robe. There, it's a wonderful look. I think yeah. you really, yeah, you got to be curmudgeonly to not be down with new Asriel. Yeah, Cap and Andrew in chat saying, "I bet you didn't even paint your twenty-year-old model." And no, I didn't because of the model I have is Danny's. He let me borrow one time at his uh, at my house and then never picked up. Um, and he's not painted. Oh yeah, but he made a he made a great cultist. Um, what we got here, Val. What was the reason for replacing the old model with a new one? It's a chatbot Treme Tremendous age. And uh, the need to not have the smallest guy in the field be also the leader of the chapter? Is As Asriel's the chapter master, I assume, yeah. of the Dark Angels? He is. So, you know, you, you probably... You, I mean, if, if your boys are getting beefy, you probably want to hit the gym or hop, skip, also, and jump over that Rubicon. If yeah. your boys are getting beefy, Manscaped. Sponsor this show. Uh, <laughs> Danny, how have back. fans how have fans of the Warhammer universe reacted to the change? Well, as you can see in the reaction uh, from slide three that was posted previously. Three. Um, yep. They're not uh, they're not a fan. You can see here another character ruined. Uh, fuck the Primaris. Um for some reason that nobody can really understand uh having a new newer uh more detailed uh better model is somehow worse so what if the primaris the like their fourth extra organ is a sexual one and literally he just wants to make love to the primaris uh so it's not like a negative he's just like yeah fuck the, the belisarian furnace I mean, where, can we, where, where, where can we put a comma in this to not make it salty with like Fuck, comma the Primaris, make it make it better. Like fuck the Primaris. Like would that be it? <laughs> Maybe we should, that's what we should start doing. It's like where can we use just simple grammar hits mm -hmm. uh, to to improve the uh, the deep lore of this of this fandom? I like mm -hmm. this for sure, guys. How does the new Azrael model compare to other models in the same range? Taller, <laughs> beefier. He's he's on. So what you're doing here is you're getting a consolidation, and this is a classic GW price cutting technique where you take two miniatures on separate bases and combine them into one single miniature. So we're getting less value for our dollar. I did buy a Sisters of Battle Army a couple of weeks ago, and the Triumph is another example of just GW price cutting. I'm putting 17 individual yep. highly detailed models in one base. I'll never use. Right. Um. Unbelievable. Let's see. Well, let's go here. here. Val, are there any special features or details on the new Azrael model that are worth highlighting? I mean, I, th I think I, I called out the watch in the dark, but let me just uh, use my actual eyeballs here. Um, <laughs> Valeros, what are your uh, what are your actual eyes? Go with no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm gonna say no. Well, actually, I was that banner. Is that is the banner looks to be the exact same size? That would be it's kind exactly of funny. Exactly the same size. It is. Is it also identical? Is one a painted banner, or was that textured on there? Was this of the era of the blank banner stand, or is that actually uh, the banner? So, the original banner blank, when they recast the model, they did give him a molded banner. Oh, neat. So that's a fine cast molded banner. 
No, it's you can get all those fine details. Oh, okay. It's it's still metal. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Quality. Uh, I um, just like to point out that you can highlight uh, basically any raised edge of this model. I think that's really what I'd like to point out, and that's really what's going to make him pop. Yeah, you won't, but you could. Because <laughs> really, edge highlighting? No, we're not doing that. That's um, for suck. Contrast, baby. <laughs> that, oh yeah, slap job. Um, how does the new Azrael model fit into the overall lore and storyline of the Warhammer universe? For this question, we're going to our Warhammer Forty Thousand story expert, Val. Well, it fits sure. in, uh, uh, you know, uh, because they're all hanging out on the rock you see, which is floating in space, and sure. asleep on that rock. Rocks are off to do. Mm-hmm is uh, a, a hilarious uh, English literary allusion to Lionel Johnson or Lion L. Johnson. Also oh, a little too subtle. on the nose, a little too on the nose, known as the lion. And uh, the lion, to just take this even further, sleeps tonight. He is uh, suspended in animation beneath <laughs> the rock that floats in space. So perhaps oh, the that's... added, perhaps the added gravity of of this beefy Primaris, which, by the way, now that they're all Primaris in the Dark Angel group, are they expanding the quarters on the rock? Like, do they have enough room? I don't know. Let's ask Sean Connery. Yeah. But, my favorite, my favorite uh, I think perhaps from... his heavy steps now, his heavy steps in those big old boots with his beefy feet mean that the lion perhaps will be shook, perhaps woken from his long slumber. Line, the line is coming. My favorite thing from your rant there is the idea of just the rock floating through space silently, and all I hear is a wee moe, a wee moe. It's the official soundtrack of the Dark Angels. <laughs> I mean, that'd be a great release or teaser vid. That'd be good. If you just Amazing. Just a backlit just a model of... with a wee moe, a wee moe. <laughs> Or like just like uh like some Gregorian chant, oh we way, oh we way. Yeah, slow it down. Oh little 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 chant going on perhaps. Yeah, like some Gregorian uh we ways. I like that. I'm told from a very reliable source that if you slow that music just like a little bit, then you don't get copyright dinged. So GW uh, actually not not, not just not copyright dinged, it's actually copyright free. Uh the copyright oh. no longer stands. Yeah. Because it was a, not it was true, a remix. Guys. <laughs> hey, tell me that. Tell me that when you're an actual lawyer. None of his students. <laughs> Until that, I think I'll listen to my googling. Um, oh, listen, I think you should be listening to the chatbot there, John. Listen to the expert. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Ask our, the AI what it wants or what what it thinks is legal. Oh my gosh. Okay. So while I'm doing that. Um, are there any plans to release additional models or updates in the same range in the future? I am the AI. Okay. I hope so. Tripped over my chair. AI. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. What do we, what do we see? Do we see like the lion sleeping, unsleeping tonight and kind of coming and <laughs> being returned or waking up? Some people might want to call it. Will. Unsleeping, yeah. if you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it when I unsleep. Do uh, so uh, quick, quick. You can tell when he what, diverts from the script. <laughs> yeah. What was I asking chatbot again? <laughs> I don't know. Cool. Awesome. 
What? What? On to our third topic for today. Our third topic for today is tattoos. This is something that's been on our minds for a while, and we're really excited to discuss it with you all of you. Uh, slide four. Oh. Oh, lovely. So this man here uh, got a beautiful uh, League of Votan tattoo on what I hope is his arm. Um, and then I'm going to ask Val what inspired them to get a tattoo of a new faction from the Warhammer universe. Well, they 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 uh, they don't have the internet, and so they were they were they were relying solely on the the good people at Games Workshop Publishing House uh, to uh, send them a printed copy of 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 Votan, and then they went down with their printed copy of of Leagues of Votan to the tattoo parlor, and they got the tattoos, and then uh, and then they looked over at someone's cell phone and saw that everything mm -hmm. had changed, and they were filled with deep regret. Do you think they're more regretful of the tattoo or the fact that the codex was updated uh, post-tattoo, uh, pre-release? That's why this is so important, John, that we, uh, we make sure that we... we could let that, that joke we... fail a little longer so, so we can really feel <laughs> I, 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 I wasn't sure was. where we were going with that. Could, yeah. you, could you ask Chatbot what, for, clear, for a point of order on that one? <laughs> please, it please. told me... Stay on script, idiot. I'm I'm the host now. That's I'm rude. just wondering what 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 do you think the errata on this tattoo would be like? Uh, do you, do, oh. do you think maybe maybe add some color? Like what are we what are we doing to you know maybe you gotta... maybe nerf these tats? A oh, bit? <clears throat> oh, well saved. Good job. Yeah, great question. Um, I yeah. think that you. I think I think color is uh, is an easy is an easy solution, but I don't think that that's going to restore balance. Um, they need to add a few more factions so there's an equal amount on each side of his arm. And because as a as a surely as a longtime Votan player, um, mm -hmm. this uh, this individual um, really has a great investment in the fluff uh, for Votan and the different leagues that represent that particular army. Yes. I think I think we could see a crude calf tattoo on this person by the spring. It's possible. Yeah. You got to cover them up. That's too many tattoos of Votan. So you just got to increase the value of a couple of tattoos. Sure, you have to get rid of one of them. Uh, but yeah, Since and now he won't go to heaven because he has he's defiled his body. Yeah, um. that's, that's the reason. <laughs> Putting the fun in fundamentalism. Yeah, we're fundamentalists here. Um, yes. <laughs> how does this tattoo fit into his overall appreciation and enjoyment of the hobby? Um, he'll ha he, you know, it really, it really helps him to connect with some of the other players like Joel Adkins when he gets, when he inevitably gets a staff infection, um, from, uh, from this tattoo. Well, I think, uh, again, the lack of color will be a forever reminder to paint his minis. Uh, so he will look yeah. at his gray tats on his pasty, pasty body and then realize tats. that he needs to, uh, he needs to, uh, paint his minis. Although there's a lot of bad Warhammer tats out there, uh, for the record. And these there at is. least look like like a professional did them. Like we've got straight straight edges on them. Uh, yeah, you know, there true. is some fading, you know, like perhaps this is just the first, you know, uh, you know, maybe on his next paycheck or their on their next paycheck, they'll get some more. Yeah. Like I think Val's making they were probably very, very big judgment stereotype calls on what you know, kind of person this is. You know, Tattoos he might just expensive. be blocking in. 
you know, like he's waiting for some extra color to block that in and really finish these and take them to the next level. When the next, yeah, I mean, if you're getting a Votan, it took 30 years for this army to be released. If you're getting a Votan sleeve, you're not just doing it all in one go. Like right. you gotta, you gotta like, come on, man. You've been sure. living, breathing Votan for 30 years, waiting for your army to finally get released. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, no, he's he's ready to really take this this tattoo to the next level. Maybe even a face yeah. tattoo. Uh, <laughs> give me your face tattoo. Oh my would, god! I'd really love it if if this is if this is like those uh, those like when you get like Chinese character tats and it and it just like says "Welcome to Wendy's" when you actually like translate it. I, I would love to know what this actually is in Votanese. Yes, it's uh, you know, fried red. I don't know. Um, how have you guys ever considered getting a tattoo related to the Warhammer universe or other fandoms? Maybe yes. like a Canada pot leaf. <laughs> wow. Nice. He's a fan of Canada. Well, that's like the, nav, like if you make it past 19 in Canada without having a tattooed Canadian flag with a pot leaf instead of the maple leaf in the middle, like, I don't know. Have you lived? Is, Is that, that like a real tattoo? Oh, that is a real tattoo. That is a real tattoo. You could probably undress many Multiple Canadians. And and not have to go through many before you find at least one uh Potleaf Canada flag tattoo. What kind of swag would you give someone at LVO if they showed you their Canada Potleaf tattoo? Well, that's a Chris by five right there, bud. For sure. And then <laughs> Chris like by five. And then like and then like uh and then like a Timmy's lid for like with a free coffee that like I tore off when I rolled up the rim, which hasn't existed apparently for like four years. But nonetheless, that coffee is it totally you can't redeem it, but it's in my wallet. And it's yours with a Canada Poly What are you is that English? Tim what? Hortons is like a Canadian tradition oh. for coffee. By the way, and you have cool little lids. By the way, you Scottish brug. You know what they have in in in, in Scotland? Costa, Tim Hortons, right? pal. Tim, Tim Hortons. Cultural imperialism flows both ways on the Atlantic Ocean, apparently. Yeah, dude. All we did was take over Get yourself three quarters a of the world. And then we hey, roll up the rim in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're gonna pay Innis Wilson for an hour of coaching on Zaval Scottish accent. No, Scottish what? accent. There you go. Yes. Well, wait, wait. What kind of <laughs> what kind of confectionaries would a Scottish Tim Horton sell, John? Uh, probably just like the usual stuff. Everyone's pretty uh, bougie over there now. Scones, maybe some some croissants, or as they are spelled in the UK, croissant, uh, and some other things. <laughs> or scones, scones the as they are pronounced in Scotland. Scones. <laughs> no, no one else. Like that. <laughs> you sound like one of the animals in Star Wars. Perfect. Um, yeah, Danny, have you ever considered getting a tattoo related to the Warhammer universe or other fandoms? Uh, pretty much like every week. I really have to kind of calm myself down and tell myself, you know, this is just a fad. You've really only liked Warhammer for you know thirty years or whatever. Like, you don't need. You really don't need. You really don't need anything else. Like. And I'm like, all right, but I, but I want one on my face, John, so everybody knows when they meet me how important Warhammer is. I'm unemployable. Is to me. Yeah. 
like maybe a hammer teardrop tattoo like on my eye like i don't know I that think is no, like the... what about like an Achilla just completing the unibrow like right Ooh. center center line there that'd be good I just think I, I just want like an R.I.P. like an R.I.P. Commissar Yark face with like a tear on the tattoo, something like that. How how angry would the email you send GWB once they bring him back as a limited release character? I spent seventy five dollars Canadian on this tattoo, and now it's just lying to people. I'm gonna have to get it covered up by a pot leaf Canada flag tattoo. I'm really disappointed about that. And I already have Jokes one. Just on those. you, the commissary arc face is covering the Canada pot leaf tattoo. <laughs> Sucker. Oh, God. Yeah, God, my chat open AI account is gonna be used frequently now. Um, <laughs> our fourth topic oh, no. for today is attracting ladies. This is something that's been on our minds for a while. And we're really excited to discuss it with all of you. Uh, slide five. I already did it. Oh, yeah. Slide five is a picture of someone selling their entire Warhammer collection. As he's saying, I cannot be a suitor to a lady with all this Warhammer. Help me liquidate. Um, have have uh, Do you think being a fan of Warhammer or participating in the hobby could be a potential barrier to finding someone to date? Uh, speaking to all of us who have been married for many years, um, but kind of just guess. Well, I mean, I think really uh, this poster, I mean, it's maybe not wrong per se, but you don't have to sell it. You just leave it in your parents' basement. And then, you know, once you uh, are a suitor to a quote lady, uh, you know, then you just, you know, say, I just got to swing by the folks place. I'll be back. Mm-hmm. Don't be worried about all the boxes. And then you just sort of, you know, bring it in uh, without really telling them. Yeah. Uh, Joel Atkins asking, what year is this? Uh, 2023. Uh, just changed a couple of days ago. Uh, have oh, you yeah. guys ever experienced any negative reactions or stigma from potential partners because of your interest in Warhammer? Uh, <clears throat> in the parting shots of a breakup, I was told that I'd never be a real man because I play with toys. I mean, that's really kicking you when you're down. I just Man, your yeah. wife is harsh. <laughs> she's, she's so mean. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Now, Val, to add to your one, not only do you have Warhammer Fantasy as a hobby, uh, but you mm-hmm. also have spending the majority of weekends every year at other places uh, streaming. Um, wow. Have you? Well, uh, about once a month or so. Have you experienced kind of negative reactions or stigma from this? Well, I mean, it kind of put me on the on, on the point uh, there. It's not like every weekend. Like, do I have to have this? Com- are we role playing here? Like, do we have to do this conversation? Uh, you know, it's all about uh, you know give that, and take and 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 supporting your spouse's. Um, it's all about supporting your your spouse's passions, man. And um, mm-hmm. and yeah, so like I don't know. I don't. I, I think it's it's quite uh, it's, it's quite a wonderful relationship that I have, and we are able to support each other in what we love doing. And what our dreams oh, may oh. be. Some people's dreams, flying airplanes. My dream, flying in an flying airplane to go, stream, uh, to go stream Warhammer events <laughs> in, in really weird places in America. Danny Evans in chat uh, saying something that I feel is probably true. He said, Danny probably bought Warhammer to feel better from the breakup. Was this accurate? Uh, no. No, it no. wasn't. No. So, look, guys. 
I'm dude, I'm just bringing up, up traumatic I'm... memories for everything. No, 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 no. It's fine with me. <laughs> Look, I'm the guy who ended this thing. Uh, she was just mad that I broke up with her on her birthday. Oh, dude, Jesus no. Christ, man. Wait a day. Wait a day. <laughs> Holy cow. Oh, wait a minute. That kind of changes the tone of the whole thing. That's yeah. not you... stop, you guys. I'm just I, uh... Uh, I'm an animal out here. <laughs> I... That <laughs> 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 Like now, now, like she reaching for that lever, like the, you know, don't use this insult in case of being dumped on your birthday. I think was, I think that's a fair box to break. Yeah, it's a fair... Just kick him, kick him as hard as possible in the most vulnerable place when you're being dumped on your birthday. I think is a completely fair. fair assessment. Much like the Votan tattoo guy, I'm coming around on this one. Danny is yeah. eating. Yeah. And I think the important thing for me, to take from away from this, kind of piggyback uh, a little onto what Val said, is just find the, the partner that's okay with it. It's a hobby for you, and if there's someone yep. who's just like, you can't do that, ooh, that's probably not going to work out. Um, anyway, would, hey guys. So yeah, go. No, I would just say tolerance also works. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, my wife has, has famously said uh, that, quote, she would rather die than play a game of Warhammer, <laughs> to, which, to which I replied, not live anymore and uh (laughs) so the traditional definition of dying (laughs) which i thought was kind of extreme like i mean there's a lot of stuff i would do before choosing death uh i don't think uh uh, playing a game i don't like reaches that threshold but hey we all have our passions uh and um and you know my wife loves me i love her and i I do weird stuff and so does she so hey she loves musical theater you know i'm not gonna hold that against her who doesn't um, or would you rather die than go see musical theater? Yes. I mean, <laughs> like <laughs> live. <laughs> Wait, live or recorded? Okay, I saw I saw Princess Diana the musical, and that oh that is a form of 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 like you you messed up in life, uh, and that's what you have to that's what you're watching like like that's the entertainment wow. in one of the rings of hell. It is. Yeah, well, it was wild. It was wild. I don't really, even know what really, to say to that. Really hit a wall on that one. Um, our fifth topic terrible. for today. It is. That's why I moved past it very quickly. That was that wrote that one. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> don't blame me. Like <laughs> <laughs> chapel. What are some terrible jokes? Um, our fifth topic for today is furries. Oh, wow. Uh, this is something that's been on our minds for a while, and we're really excited to discuss it with all of you. Um, Someone made a Has furry it? version of Angron. Yeah. Chatbot said it. Um, guys, have you noticed any overlap between the furry and Warhammer communities in your own experiences and observations? Chatbot uh, gets a little wild here, by the way. Wow. Chatbot's got some got some high heat on this one. I mean, I, I haven't um, necessarily, but I'm also not like patrolling tournaments to kink shame people and also um isn't angron already pretty furry like i recall him being quite beastly he is mm-hmm. he is he's a bloodthirster. I, I, I feel like angron could be like a, a furry hero without any need for um you know a oddly proportioned i mean <laughs> mo- i mean the dog bone it's- sword I mean, the dog bone sword is pretty dope. I, I don't know about you guys. <laughs> like, dog bone's delicious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, the big, 
It's the big hands that get me. It just makes it look like a shitty NFL mascot more than anything else. Um, I want that dog bone sword. You know, I will it's say, really you can 3D print it. Yeah, you're right. I could have that dog bone sword. Any of my dudes could have that. Do- oh, that guy's going on a vampire account for show. <laughs> Angron, famous for his uh, his adoption of cuddle piles uh, in uh, the World Eaters Legion and uh, Yiffy. Uh-huh. Oh, yep. It's so bad. Um, I will say my only interaction was Adapticon one year. Uh, the convention center right beside it was a furry convention. Um, <laughs> right beside the, the Warhammer Hall. It's an interesting... This, yeah, for real. There's a lot, uh, lot of overlap. Is that Venn diagram like crossed over pretty hard? There, I mean, like, there's going to be some overlap. Sure. There's some overlap. I mean, look at Space yeah. Wolf players. Right? I mean, there's an entire faction for them. So that's guys, not there's nothing wrong with that. Do you think there are any common themes or interests that may draw people to both communities? Hmm. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, uh <laughs> what is, what is uh something your recently ex-girlfriend might yell at you out of anger at the <laughs> while being broken up with on her birthday? You'll never be uh, a man while you're dressing up like a fox. It's <laughs> the only thing that'll make me feel better. That's the <laughs> point, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Shaq having in with lack of personal hygiene uh, being outside from both communities. I think yeah. um the thing that lets it take over both, like the, the, the thing shared in common is it kind of letting it take over your life a little bit. Right. Um, where like you're defined as like, yeah, I play Warhammer and that's a large part of your identity, which is why we get some of the very visceral gatekeeping reactions where it's like, yeah, yeah I'm you know, a that's... <laughs> it was good to say. Is anyone gatekeeping a free convention though? Like, I mean, I feel like they're like, Hey, come on in, man. I feel like, I don't know, dude. Like, is, so are, I was, are there, like, standards being upheld? I was at a Comic-Con a few years ago, um, and I was there with my children, and at the time, they were, like, five and nine or something like that. And a mm-hmm. furry walks over and waves at them and does this, though, ooh, wave, and I'm like, I was like, you get the hell away from my kids. <laughs> like, like, viscerally angry that they were there. <laughs> they were like, keep your weird shit away. Yeah, I mean, we're going to the Warhammer are, part. These two hobbies are <laughs> yeah. basically the same. I mean... You know, a love of miniature wargaming and a love of having sex with people wearing animal costumes. Basically exactly the same. It's Um, a circle. (laughs) Like I said, it all comes back to shame, guys. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, Val. Chatbot has a question for you. Have you ever participated... Have you ever participated in both the furry and Warhammer communities? Or do you have any friends or acquaintances who do? Look, man, when I was in high school, <laughs> there were a lot of raver folks with furry pants. And, you know, like, that's about as close as it got. Uh, and some of them probably played Warhammer and maybe even had cute puppy ear hairbands or something. Maybe. Yeah. But mostly they were high on drugs, folks. And mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, that's maybe different. Just sad to see that kind of waste of people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two I really gotta look more into fur- like furries seem to be quite quite divisive here. I don't know if they're if they do 
weird stuff in addition to dressing up in, in yeah. furry clothes and stuff. So I yeah, should probably do. look into that in case. In you case should there probably is, not you know, do that. <laughs> you know, I might ask Chatbot, hey, what what are the what is the pros and cons of the furry community and see what Chatbot comes up with. And that way I know it's, you know, it's above board stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, I'm not I'm not here to say, you know, whatever. The one that I thought was just frankly hilarious is not the the furries, but the ones that do like they get in like the vinyl like swimming pool toys. Mm-hmm. You've seen that and then they inflate them around themselves. I mean, that's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. Okay, so Chabot uh, is typing away. Being a furry <laughs> is a subculture centered around the enjoyment and creation of anthropomorphic animal creatures known as fursonas. People who identify as furries may enjoy wearing costumes, attending conventions, and participating in online communities with others who share their interests. As with any subculture, there are pros and cons to being a furry. <laughs> Some possible pros may include finding a sense of belonging community with others who share similar interests, expressing oh. creativity through costume design and art, and participating in fun activities such as fursuit parades and social events. Some possible cons of being a furry include being subject to negative stereotypes and misunderstanding yeah. from people outside the community. Isn't it incurring, one of them? <laughs> incurring expenses related to costumes and conventions and facing potential backlash or discrimination for being part of a minority subculture. Um, if you change the word furry and the cons to Warhammer, uh, like being subject to negative stereotypes and misunderstanding from people outside the Warhammer community, incurring expenses related to conventions, and facing potential backlash and discriminations for being cool as part of a subculture. Um, that fits. Chatbot with the deep thoughts. Um, hmm. Yeah. Chatbot. Terrible. Chatbot with it. With really, the deep really, I, I'd say Chatbot really, really brought you down and cut you down to size there. It did. Guys, uh, our final furry based question is in your opinion, <laughs> do you think it's possible to be a fan of both furries and Warhammer? Without one interest necessarily influencing or defining oh. the other. Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. I can think of a real life example of this um, in that uh, I have a friend, uh, a great friend. What a great guy. Uh, but into both things, and that's okay. Um, I mean, I only don't like him a little bit, a little bit more because of that. Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh, we have someone in chat who is a retired furry who is an active furry. Wow. Yeah. It's like rehab works. Yeah. Was that um, <laughs> was that a dishonorable or honorable discharge from uh, from the furry corps? Usually when Maybe. it's pus, it's dishonorable. <laughs> I don't understand. Saying... I don't get it, man. I think there seems Matt. to be worse things to do with your time, like play Warhammer. It's... Yeah, that's fair. Hey, guys, we all got hobbies. It's great. Hey, our sixth topic for today is Henry Cavill, Amazon, and Warhammer. This is something that's been on our minds for a while, and we're really excited to discuss it with all of you. Slide seven. Boom. Boom. Uh, this is my response here, because someone said, I don't fucking trust Amazon with something as dark as 40K. Guys, the Warhammer universe is the most ridiculous lore you've ever read. Um, so I asked him if it was like the dark theme, such as the orc who goes back in time to seal his own gun, or when the changeling put a whoopee cushion on the corn throne, um, or the most desolate death world in the galaxy is a place called Birmingham, um, or even uh, the <laughs> grim dark burn, world. Though. Yeah, it is, but the grim dark world of Carlos McDonald, home of the Imperium's cat girls, 
All of these are true pieces of Warhammer lore that have been published at some point. Um, but yeah, what concerns or reservations do people have about the Amazon development of a Warhammer TV show? Well, they're going to say that it's going to be delivered in one day and it like takes two or three. Like that's absolutely aggravating. Like you count on that prime box coming and then you got to wait. And that's not what I'm about. Nope. I think, Danny, I don't know about you, but my favorite thing about this was us getting very excited uh, about the idea of a Warhammer series. An executive mm -hmm. producer in front of the show, Nick, uh, telling us, yeah, it's going to be years. Yeah. And yeah. like every bit of excitement that we could garner for it yeah, that doesn't happen like that. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh. You know, oh, go ahead. Well, I mean, the, the other thing is like, first of all, I still haven't seen a final press release saying that they've closed the deal. This was all like mm -hmm. confirmation that they were trying to make a deal with Amazon, right? I don't think there's like mm -hmm. a, I, mean, I think, I don't think there was a, a ceiling of the deal. If, and like, this is why I keep, keep thinking to myself is that like the Lord of the Rings show cost a billion dollars, right? Lot. I think, yeah. I think 900 million of that was the rights uh, to seven pages of the Lord of the Rings like stuff. Right? So like $900 million of it was the rights. But nonetheless, the entire company of Games Workshop is worth, I haven't looked in a long time, but let's say 2 to $3 billion. So mm -hmm. how much are the rights worth? Probably not $900 million for everything. So therefore, Amazon could, could seal this deal and then forget about it in the drawer next to their bed and their furry costumes. They uh, could easily just never actually do anything with it. So there's a long, there's a lot of outs here that uh, don't result in content. So like, let's just chill and be cool and hopefully something badass comes. So yeah. the chat's letting us know as well that GW did put a press release out in its investors paging saying that the deal has been signed um, to develop yeah. a show. The most surprising part for me, Danny, is part of the negotiations is GW gave merchandising rights to Amazon. Uh, yep. Was that something you're surprised about there? or? Um, not really. I mean, keep in mind, I'm sure that the scope of, of this of this license is probably pretty limited. Um, like, not just overall, I think, merchandising rights for this thing, but for probably for properties based on... Uh, Based on the show that they have, that they have, that they're, that they're that they're licensing. I mean, they're mm -hmm. not they're not totally licensing every part of 40k for this um, uh, show because I think it's probably again going to be pretty a pretty narrow scope. Um, but yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I mean, everybody is, has a right to be worried that they'll screw it up, but I don't think that they will. Um, I think it'll be. I think it'll be fine. Yeah. Well, Dan Abnett is a British comic book writer and novelist who has written extensively for the Warhammer universe. Ooh. Many have exclaimed excitement at the idea of his involvement in the Warhammer cinematic universe. Forgetting that, slide eight. Crap, chatbot, where are you? Um, the last 40K oh, movie oh, Dan oh, Abnett oh. wrote was the Ultramarine movie. Danny, <laughs> Danny, tell me about the Ultramarine movie. Never forget. Never forget that he was the one who decided that the uh, Crozius could emit some kind of a beam or uh, or or force field pulse mm -hmm. to destroy people, and not it just wasn't a mace that you could hit people with. Um, yeah. So never forget that Dan Anna did that. Um, that's that's his that's his baby. Um, you know, uh, just really uh, keep that with you, and also uh, don't forget 
Uh, how many Imperial Fists died in the making of that movie? It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. I will say, I read the prequel comic. The prequel comic's great. I think what happened is Dan Abnett turned in a script. And the accountant was like, yeah, we can only afford one costume for your Space Marines. Your script has three. Like, well, I guess I could just have them in the armor all the time. Okay, great, great, great. And it says you have them traveling between, like, four different worlds. Yeah, I can afford one. Uh, maybe two ship interiors as well. And then at the mm-hmm. end, they're like, ooh, yeah, uh, we ran out of money entirely. Here's your demon prince. And it's like, ooh. Yeah, I mean, being a writer in general has got to be pretty hard. And I, I don't think we can necessarily lay the the whole hilarious steaming turd of the original Ultramoons movie at his feet but uh that is a sick burn again on the yes. whole amazon can't do this seriously enough crowd yeah. <laughs> it's sick um yeah um i <laughs> i have no i have no words that's really no. funny but also i'm sure uh, he could put together a decent really awesome screenplay i'm sure i'm know. sure he can it's dan abnett he's very good um he also wrote what can't you do as we see in uh, slide nine here, uh, the here Dan Abnett wrote Dark Tide, which was, of course, a deep story-driven game uh, that we have all played on this show. Um, and of course, uh, the most important thing about Dark Tide was the plot of what we were doing as we were all killing uh, Poxwalkers. There is a lot of excitement about Warhammer's Hollywood debut, um, but as this next slide shows, uh, and Val, we can ask you and Fake Danny this. Mm-hmm. Or we can ask real Danny this now. Perfect. Uh, slide 10 asks. Uh, slide 10 asks. <laughs> perfect. What happens to Warhammer Plus? Because we now have the, the idea that in principle, Amazon has the right to produce a lot of series based on the, the Warhammer property. Uh, guys, were, how has the news of Amazon developing Warhammer content impacted the Warhammer Plus community? <laughs> Warhammer Plus community? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Chatbots, very good questions. It's the three people oh, yeah, right. like us <laughs> who have the annual <laughs> subscription. Oh, Lordy Lou. They might have oh. to like find a different Starbucks to write in. I don't know. Uh <laughs> I it's uh yeah, Warhammer Warhammer Plus. I mean, this is obviously the better play. It would actually, you know what I you know what I would bet the first content that Amazon mm-hmm. publishes as a result of this deal is the, the 45 minutes of plus stuff that they've, that they've put together. I would, that would not be shocking at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, if suddenly all that stuff was available on prime. Danny, do you agree? Do you think Amazon's involvement will lead to any changes or updates to Warhammer plus, or do you think it's going to largely remain unchanged? Um, I don't know. I mean, without, a, without seeing, I mean, if I were to guess, right, I, I would be surprised yeah. if that stuff ended up on there. Um, I feel like Games Workshop will probably hold whatever kind of intellectual property they actually paid for it or paid to be created, probably mm-hmm. pretty close to the chest. It depends what the licensing for Amazon looks like for Warhammer um, and whether it's kind of narrowly constrained or it's like uh, a, a much greater outreach. Yeah, true, true. Um, Val, how do you think Amazon's approach to adapting the Warhammer universe might differ from the content and experience offered by Warhammer Plus? Well, there would be content, uh, I, I would suspect. That would be the number one thing. Um, and uh, second of all, uh, there would be credited creators of that content. Um, but um, 
outside of that, um, it would be content people watch. I would love it if, like, if if Hollywood rules weren't a thing. If at the end of the first episode of the the Amazon Warhammer series, everyone's like, "Man, that was amazing!" Clap, clap, clap. It fades to black and it just comes up to brought to you by the Warhammer team. And then just... <laughs> <laughs> that is the only credit throughout that there. Oh, yeah. quality, quality, quality. Do you think it's it possible? So aggravating. Go ahead. For both Amazon's adaptions and Warhammer Plus to coexist and thrive. Or do you think there may be some comp- competition or overlap between the two? I guess to to more focus so think, in I, for Chapot. No, here, no, no, you, I, no, no, I think no, I, I get what Chapot's saying. I think that uh, Amazon's concern for Warhammer Plus is probably uh, the same degree of concern Chatbot has for anyone in a creative job or human hmm. life. Yeah. Or human life. <laughs> Uh yeah no yeah that would that basically, chatbot trying to like uh, slow 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 roll that one as if the the great machine does, has feelings for anything else, no right, correct. I mean, uh, so, so in in the last update we had about Warhammer Plus, I know I'm ragging on it, but the last update we had about Warhammer Plus is that the total amount of views was a million, that's mm-hmm. all content, a million views, and that was Over I think two years. I was. That was in the first. That was after the first year or so, and that was. And after that, they stopped talking about it. So, like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, do you think, Danny, that Warhammer Plus will move to be sort of more focused on the gaming aspect of it? Is this sort of like a a move towards uh, the forbidden words of digital rule set? I mean, God, you 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 would love to see that. Um, I guess we'll. Uh... That would be that would be awesome. Uh, I would love for them to have more battle reports. Their battle reports, if you haven't watched them, are really high quality. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um, it would be great if they got some people who are also good um, at the game and, and played like One some tournament. Time. Yeah. No. Hey, look. You know, you got to start somewhere, and that's you know, if you look at like their history of producing battle reports, whether it be mm-hmm. uh, this way or or other mediums. Uh, like old white dwarfs, they don't really concentrate on on that competitive aspect. They mm-hmm. really just play games for fun. Um, so I, I think that's probably what you're going to see more. Yeah, Val, you, you you agree? Yeah, I agree. I just think it's comical that uh, the literally the building where the games are made, uh, they struggle to find people who know how to play them. It's just it's a funny thing to me. <laughs> They're busy balancing the game. They can't play it too. They only have yeah, so man. many, so many times. Um, well, guys, yeah. I think that we're yeah. gonna yeah we're gonna round out today. We're gonna do a quick rundown of a grim year in review. Uh, last oh, last Lord. year, we oh. did a lot of episodes. Um, so we're just gonna gonna go by the month, and we're gonna ask for memories that you have of them. And let me tell you, I don't have many, so I'm hopeful for you guys. Um, so January, we started off LVO month. We talked to Adam Solis, LVO judge. Uh, we talked about what to expect at LVO with Kicker. We had speed painting at a sister's army with Philip Hall. Uh, the Falcon broke down LVO, and then we took the week off because I was on a play. Any big memories from January? Ooh. Awesome. Guys, I love <laughs> that we all have the same memory of this show. February. I probably, look, I won't have, I don't think I'll have a distinct recollection literally of anything you say. So keep it going. This is going to be a lot of dead air. Danny, bail me out. I love it. 
Uh, February, we had a LVO roundtable with Val, where we talked about streaming, uh, the biggest event in the uh, war gaming. Uh, we mm-hmm. had we had a roundtable. We just had Val on. That's that's kind of how it was. Uh, we had a woman's experience in war gaming with Tanya. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> we had our very famous. Um, I think that was our our tier list episode because it was just uh, Danny Dickey and uh, me uh, with no prep was the episode. Oh title. yeah. And then we did our six Aldari army list with JT. Which was a great episode. That was actually actually helpful as well in a competitive content. It's for our. I remember. Chip. I remember Very being unusual. frustrated. <laughs> I was. I remember being frustrated at how crunchy that episode was. So mm-hmm. I remember just being grinding my teeth that that you guys were actually talking about Warhammer on a Warhammer show. Uh, <laughs> I know. But yeah. Don't worry. We stopped like pretty soon after. And that. Uh, yeah. the post LVO show was uh, the deepest sadness on my on my on my behalf. So uh, yeah, no, that's, that's some good memories. Why don't we see what happened in March? In March, uh, Harlequin history with Taylor, uh, stat check with Stat Daddy Doctor Dice himself, uh, Stat Daddy PhD. We did a tear in a chat with Alex McDougall, good old Canadian bronze, and Seth mm-hmm. joins us to talk about Adepticon. Oh yeah, what? Yeah, I forgot about that entirely. Seth was on the show. Apparently. (laughs) That seems like a mistake. Is that right? Yeah. In April, uh, Chaos Space Marine talk with um, Mike from Warp Hammer. Uh, We had some land train train talk. Uh, Danny, you sort of won a tournament with Tau that month. Uh, We had our first clickbait title of Warhammer is Fixed Now with Evan uh, from Sepulchre of Heroes. And then Nights, Nights, Nights with Sam Duguid. That might have been one of that, our best episodes, if I recall correctly. Yeah, the Nights, Nights, Nights was very, was very good. It was a lot of fun. Uh, in May, Taylor came back, but Taylor didn't uh, because he forgot he worked that night. So it was just me and Danny <laughs> on the signals from the front line set because before Dickie started, oh, yeah. everything crashed. So we even nice. did the, the signals intro. And yeah, we great. just, it was great. A lot of fun there. Um, we had the stat daddy himself back to talk to Warhammer Open Seattle and Warhammer Fest. And then uh, Dan Mayer, the frontline gaming blog stat guy, came in. And that was a good episode because that was the episode where we talked about Goonhammer buying everything and we tried to get sold to Goonhammer. Hell yeah. <laughs> that was <laughs> a good work, bit. Though. I like that bit. That was, that was a good bit. I like that one there. Like that one, Kevin Quintero in chat. The fact I remember most of these is either good or concerning. It's very concerning. Uh, let's just leave it at that. In Thanks. June. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, yeah. Kevin. Appreciate the support. Um, in if June, you want to chime I'm... in with some of your highlights, I'd really appreciate yeah. it. I love forming do, do memories. It. Because we, we do not remember a lot of these. Uh, in June, the episode title was Have Display Boards Gone Too Far uh, with Evan Feldyke. Uh, I remember episode. having good memories of that one. That was a really good one. Uh, we had Mon- Monkey versus Horus with Biff Pod Chuck. I have good memories of that guy too. We were supposed to talk about Charity Hammer, but we got distracted by a monkey model in a 30k army. Easy enough to do. Easy. I, I mean, mean can't do it. Only human, except right. for Chatbot. Yep. Um, this one here uh, is Clickbait Bad with Lucas Troller uh, from Biff Pod Kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tim Penny talks Florida, man. Uh, and this was, I believe, the first mention of Unga Boonga. On the podcast, Danny, what's oh, Unga yeah. Boonga? Uh, just uh, throw all your stuff forward, and you'll just win. Sometimes, yeah. Kelsey, and is that different than the... Bunga Bunga? No, very no, similar though. Less letters. Um, 
Kelsey, I only remember the episodes that don't deal with 40k, so I remember a lot. That's fair. Reasonably <laughs> that one. Um, July started with a high effort. Danny and John from Mob Rules talk the new meta. Danny, remember when we made ourselves the guest? That was when I started giving up. Amazing. Um, <laughs> then after that, Bam Bam steamed Warhams. Um, then... Steam Warhams. That was one of my favorite titles. That was, that I was remember yours. Yeah, that was, really that was pleased with that. Original. Yeah. Then we had You Can't Spell Controversy Without Clickbait when we were talking about the Lone Star Open. Hmm. Uh, okay. yep. And then Why Warhammer Struggles in Hollywood with Nick Horton, which is actually one of our like top episodes, I would say. Like that one in the, really the fantasy one I was not was really good. Very informative. <laughs> <laughs> not not um, better. Not better. Chatbot AI probably knows tons about fantasy. Yo, I have a fantasy friend now. The AI. I can just talk to the AI. I can talk to Chatbot about fantasy. Oh, perfect. You could... This is how Judgment Day happened. Uh, <laughs> when they learned in how to August... play Warhammer Fantasy, that's how they crushed our armies. In August, we had the very uh, non-confrontational title, If the WTC Wasn't Streamed, Did It Even Happen? Uh, with yeah, Vicky as a guest. That caused a little bit of problems. Um, <laughs> still on the air, though, so not that many. Uh, we had the very non-confrontational Warhammer is not played well outside of North America uh, with Benny from <laughs> Frontiers. Yeah, cool. You can Amazing. see, Man, like, how are, as the, how year... is the algorithm not rewarding this show with, with, with adulation and billions <laughs> of views? Like, our titles are know. on point. Like, we're just doesn't even make any sense. These are yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, we had... If I laugh at the title, that means it's bad and we need a new one. Uh, the Warhammer 40,000 meta is absolutely fine with Dr. Stat Daddy, uh, was the title of the episode. That might explain why most people are not listening. In September, okay, so my favorite ever Grim After oh, Dark memory that was really came good. from this show in September. The episode title was The Nova Champion Shares His Thoughts. The guest was, yeah. okay. was Evan Valdyke, who won some hobby some hobby awards at Adepticon. Um, in a horse heresy event. At a horse heresy event was Jack Harpster, a phenomenal player and Art of War member. Um, coming into chat, being like, oh, I didn't realize I was on Grim. Can't wait to hear what I have to say. Um, and then just us no-selling it. And I think that was Jack, your great guy. Arrogance. Love you. But sheer, I love that part. That's one of my favorite memories of the last two years. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was pretty good. We had the next episode here. Anthony Vanella shares his secrets to winning of uh, Warhammer. Kill, kill, kill. I think uh, Vanella, the, the primary uh, Ungabungaist. Then after that, we have Best in Tabletops Mitch Pelham's Tacticus Masterclass, where we just sat and played Tacticus for like 20 minutes of it while Val pulled his hair pretty, out. That was pretty fun. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Um, and then a pr an episode that causes literally no issues and that we didn't have to respond to. Is there a problem with the way the ITC ranks us? Danny, that was a pretty, <laughs> pretty you know, controversy-free episode right there. Yeah, you're welcome for that. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's great. <laughs> uh, October. Well, don't worry, guys. We're almost done. Val, you can go to bed soon. October. If the London GT happened and no one's there to see it, did it happen? Uh, which <laughs> makes me realize that I reuse episode titles quite a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, that, uh, we rip yeah. on we rip on big events that don't have streams. So that's nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's always nice. 
make fun As of you yourself do. there. Um, that was also when we debuted the cameo uh, from uh, Luigi, uh, professional wrestler. Pizza which confused me. Like I got, I got, which caused me to get panic messages <laughs> from Reese, being like, "Am I supposed to be on at the LVO? You haven't talked to me about this." <laughs> and we're like, no, an Italian pizza chef themed wrestler just got the message I sent him wrong. I just, I don't know how, you, like, there's a lot of visual cues. I mean, that, I mean, I don't, you know, hey, he's an earnest man just trying to make Look, a living. Just not good at Both. cameo. Guys, go, if you Reese should have line, a cameo. Reese yes. should oh, yeah. totally have a Please. cameo. That, that's, that is a good fundraising cameo. Actually, Camilleri should have one for list reviews. Um, like he'll do it like on the style of the Thursday show. Uh, but the next, uh, you can see if you go to the Frontline Gaming community on Facebook and search for Cameo and Luigi, you can see the video there. It was filmed <laughs> in what looks like the alleyway. Of, like, Certainly in the there. alleyway by his like 12 year old son, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, who was holding the camera. <laughs> um, after that, guys, Rock Paper Chicago was the episode title. Oh, that's a good title. <laughs> that's a good title the thing i like the the titles that we love most guys are all in jokes that about 30 people understand that sucks <sighs> but it's also awesome it is it is <laughs> well we why else do we do this people. if not to laugh at our own jokes all right danny i have a note here that says mikey from hellstorm uh came on and then brackets reminded us we shit talked him yeah yeah i did shit talk him Politely. one time early in the early in the uh, show's creation i would say um, actually more accurately you shit all over him uh would be more 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 to more accurate look, uh description of what you did do them look mikey has a lot of great ideas i just don't know that that was like one of his top tier ideas it was like maybe a z tier idea <laughs> Well, you know, we, luckily, we, we now have a new tier list, which is Mikey's ideas. Oh, uh, yeah, we that's a whole it. show. Boom. See, content generation. Boom. Boom. Yeah, I'm gonna chat about it right now. Um, <laughs> luckily, though, you learned from shit talking Mikey and didn't shit talk anyone else's ideas later on in the episode and caused me a whole bunch of like damage control. Um, so that's the, I'm really thankful of that. What was that? Um, I believe the episode title was "Is there a problem with the way the ITC wrecks us?" Oh, right, got it, got it. Yeah, yep. okay, cool. No problem. No, um, no problems. After that, a Warhammer Forty Thousand show worthy of the balance update. This is when we first getting really into competitive chess chat. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. November, we had the GW Open introduces competitive talking. <laughs> Another great in joke. Oh yeah. Another great in joke. Amazing. Um, this is the episode we spotted the photoshopping of the guard model that someone's like, look at the scale of this guard model. And there's like a really obvious line where it's been edited. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. After good. that, we had the great podcast balance data slate uh, with Dr. Stat Daddy Nathan, who's now our most frequent guest, I think, or at least competing with Evan. He schedules um, himself. He does. It's very handy. Uh, we have conspicuous slog uh, with Evan. <laughs> <laughs> where he talks about his, his horse-based portfolio. Uh, Val, you want to take us by him where that episode was called Conspicuous Slog? Uh, I can't remember. It was a comment someone left on the video being like, man, I couldn't make it through oh, the Conspicuous yeah. Slog of a show. Oh, right, right, That's right, why right. he called Danny a high hairline Harry 
Uh, and then all those like came, a, all that all came from that. That all came from that. Chatbot didn't keep yeah. that bit. Hydrocephalic yeah. uh, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, that is me. Well, if if Quentin Tarantino was like a hundred pounds heavier and overweight, um, then we had uh, I accidentally you're like put a bunch seven of feet tall. You're fine. That's fair. Yeah, I'm like the big show. Uh, I accidentally played a bunch of Dark Tide instead of preparing with Mitch from Biffod. Uh, we did some stuff that episode. I don't remember. Like I was like, really into Dark Tide at that point. Danny, do you remember? Nope. Love it. Good. And then all, all I uh, know is that we're the number one show on the Biffod network. Oh yeah, hundred yeah, percent for sure. By far, yeah, absolutely. By far, uh, everything you wanted to know about fantasy, but were afraid to ask coming in that, for, for what many people consider their high point of the year. I very much enjoyed it. Um, and then December, of course, your favorite podcasters and Valor back, and we played Dark Tide. Is a <laughs> it was not my low self esteem that caused me to create that title. It was an actual <laughs> comment left left on an online forum. Yep. And then we had our our Christmas episode, guys. What a what a great year we had last year. We really um, did. Going through that list very quickly, and uh, just as we round out here, so we can get everyone away. Uh, Val, what's your favorite moment from the last year that isn't the fantasy episode? Favorite moment from the last year that isn't the fantasy episode. Uh, I remember yelling at Danny for something, like giving him a really hard time, and I thought it was funny. Was it about and I checking his mic source? No, no, it wasn't about checking Mike's source. Um, I don't form specific memories. I live in the now now. That's um, Danny? Was it when you told me that I couldn't love children well enough or enough because I wasn't a father? <laughs> was it that one? I mean, that was... I can see which ones actually left a mark. No, I remember what it was. It was when I was giving... It was when I was giving John a hard time for plugging... Yeah the uh the bladestone game or whatever uh oh yeah yeah on on, I, on the I, epic I, store uh yeah what instead of frontline gaming uh that's that oh, was yeah. my favorite moment yeah that's pretty good <laughs> oh danny what about you i think that was when that was also that that also generated the um i love you guys but val is the most insufferable person on youtube comment or something oh, along those lines yeah. i'm paraphrasing oh, here yeah i remember that also not yeah. true there's this many more people who are insufferable uh but yeah you know, uh, danny what's your your favorite nice to be here in something oh when i called the golden throne a holocaust engine that was my favorite one <laughs> we were using chatbots yeah. so we wouldn't get canceled you <laughs> asshole <laughs> yeah now, now Val has to write a vaguely worded statement and put it on Facebook. Oh my gosh! Now we're good. Although this countdown, I have to say, of all of our episodes, uh, we've been a rock hard forty viewers all the way through it. So thank you That's to amazing. the loyal forty oh viewers. Gosh. Yeah, who went oh through gosh. that retrospective without a single clip or specific wow. reference, really, to content that we all participated in. They're, they're all used to us having no idea what Thanks, we're guys. talking about. Yeah, thanks. This is a hazy opium dream, uh, yeah. and that's basically how I perceive this. I yeah, love I'm being here. Thanks, guys. Yeah. No, dude, we love having you here. It's much easier than finding a different guest every week. Uh, <laughs> it's really funny when you shit talk me. Uh, yeah, like I enjoyed a lot. Uh, and guys, uh, if you check the YouTube page, if you're watching on YouTube right now, if you go to shop, uh, there's actually a merch store now for the entire Frontline Gaming Network. 
Uh, it only takes one average podcast host a year and a half to set up a basic store. And you can get all of your merch now. You can get your Grimm shirts. You can get your Thursday show Camillary vests. You can yep. get your Val Heffelfinger hat. Or I'm sorry, uh, bandana. Because, you know, I figured that was what a servitor could wear. Um, add the link. Nice. Uh, and, you can buy my toenail there. clippings. Someone mm. bought a shirt? Amazing. Someone Thanks, Evan. Evan, thank you. <laughs> wow. I can't wait to now see, I I to can't wait to see if this. Yeah. This is amazing. Shop isn't up, says SP. Oh, my God. Got well, you know, got it. Uh, there aren't any Grim After Dark stickers. No, there's not. You can only get those from Danny and myself when you meet us at events. And you can for sure get them for LVO, which is going to be the biggest event uh, the Frontline Gaming Network has ever covered the last mm -hmm. weekend in January. Uh, we're all going to be there. We can't wait to see you. If you can't be there in person, be able to sure to check here where the, the biggest and best event coverage ever produced is going to be on show uh, live at the Las Vegas Open 2023 LVOX. But mm -hmm. nothing else because copyright. It will give it um, to you, though. It will give it to you. Uh, but it's incredibly expensive for someone else to tell you that. Guys. <laughs> wow. Well, that's it's all the truth. time we have for today's episode of Grim After Dark. Thank you for joining us as we explored the grim darkness of the 41st millennium and beyond. We hope you enjoyed our discussions and insights on all things Warhammer. And we look forward to bringing you more hilarious and irreverent content in the future. Remember to follow us on Insert Social Media or Podcast Platform for updates. And to join the conversation, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Leave a review if you enjoyed the time. And until the next time, stay safe, stay Warhammered, and remember... In the grim darkness of the far future, there is only war. And we're clear. Oh, wait a minute. No, my my uh, mic's still on. That's a hot mic. Later, every guys.